Parshas Shemos, in the merit of righteous women. In this week's Parsha, we encounter a unique event that happened only once in our history, something that never happened before, and never afterwards did a thing like this ever happen again. What was it? It was the time when the Benos Yisroel, the woman of our nation, made a stand against the Psach of the Gedoyle Yisroel, asking them to reconsider their halachic decision. Now that's definitely rare. Jewish women should urge the Gedoylem to reconsider a Pesach. Generally, Jewish women are entirely loyal to the Pesach of the Gedoylem, even in private. Isha Kasheda Osa Ritzon Baala. A loyal Jewish woman obeys her own husband. No women in the world are as loyal as the Jewish women. And here, all the Benos Yisroel were united in a great effort to attempt to persuade the Gedoylem to rescind their Pesach. It's an unusual story. Now, I don't want to keep you in suspense, but it requires a short introduction. In Parshish Shemos, the Torah is telling the story of the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu, and it begins with the marriage of his parents. And the man from the house of Levi went and he took as a wife the daughter of Levi, Shemos. Now, if you're familiar with the Chumash, you know that when the Torah wants to talk about some great person, it never introduces it by telling us that his father went and married a woman. Naturally, if this person is on the scene, we understand that his father married somebody. And so, if the Torah merely wanted to introduce the personality of Moshe Rabbeinu, it could have said that, Ul Amram nolad ben, and to Amram was born a son. That would have been enough. With that, the story could have begun. But to begin the story with the wedding of the parents, it seems entirely superfluous. But it isn't, of course. Nothing in the Torah is superfluous. And if the Torah tells it, so we understand that it was an event of the greatest weight. It was a very important incident. When a man went from the house of Levi and he took the daughter of Levi, what happened? In those days when the B'nai Yisroel were suffering terribly under the deadly gazetas of Paro, a decision was made that it was not right to bring children into the world anymore. It's not right to bring children into a world just to have them destroyed. And it wasn't the decision of ordinary people. It was a decision of the G'dayle Yisroel. When Amram saw that Paro was going to throw all the newborn boys into the Nile, he said, should we continue having children just so they should suffer the agonies of being drowned in the river? And so Amram separated from his wife, Kabarasota. Now Amram was a leader of the generation, and all of the great men concurred with this weighty decision. And so what happened? Kulan et The leaders of the Shvatim followed in his footsteps, and within a short period of time, Jewish men all over Mitzrayim were separating from their wives. Now, the leaders of our nation had their chashbonos. They understood that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had promised to Avram Avinu to make him into a goy gadol. But right now, they said, we have to employ the midah of Rachamim. It is pikuach nefesh. It's too dangerous for people to be bored right now. Now, how did the women of Yisrael respond to that decision? With hachna, with bowed heads and humility. No, they didn't want to accept it. When Miriam saw that her father had separated permanently from her mother, Miriam became bold because she saw that the others were following suit and she couldn't just sit back. 
she spoke to her father and urged him to take back his wife. Now we know that Miriam did this with the inspiration of the Dvar Hashem that spoke in her. But we have to know that it wasn't just one Miriam. Miriam was great, but she wasn't the only one. She was only expressing the attitude of the Benos Yisroel in that door. All over Mitzrayim, the Benos Yisroel were urging the Gedolim to reconsider. And all over Mitzrayim, it was being repeated. Vayelech ish vayikach edbat. This one went and remarried his wife. And the other one went and remarried his former wife. All the men were taking back their wives. Of course, Miriam was the most important. She is the one who was a Neviah. But there were very important people then among the Benoist Israel. And all of them participated in this concern about the new generation of the Benoist Israel. And it was this concern, this attitude, that was the beginning, the foundation of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Look how the Torah begins Sefer Shemos. It's such an important Sefer. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsuf, the Man, Matan Torah, the Mishkan. So many important things. But the very first story is the Hebrew midwives. It seems interesting, valuable. But is that the very first thing to talk about? The answer is that this story of the midwives is told to us because that is the whole secret of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And it is told at the beginning because it is of the most urgent importance in understanding Sipor Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Paro said, Hava nitchakma lo pen yirbe. Let's deal cunningly with them lest they increase. It means Paro was planning that they should not increase. And he gave the midwives orders that they should make sure his plan was fulfilled. Now, the Mialdas, after all, were women. They weren't men. They weren't warriors or statesmen. They were midwives. And when a melech, especially in ancient times, gives an order, so even statesmen are overwhelmed with pachad, even warriors tremble, and women especially so. In those days, there was no such thing as disobeying the king. But these women had different ideas. They were shaking in fear. But despite their terrible dread, they refused to obey. Because there was something they feared even more. The Melech of Mitzrayim gave them orders. And still the women, despite everything, had so much Yiras Elohim that they disobeyed the command of a monarch. And in what did they express their Yiras Elohim? They saw to it that the Benos Yisroel should succeed in bearing children. And they went all out in this endeavor. They saw to it that the children should live. Now the story of the Mialdos is of the vastest importance because it wasn't merely these two women. We have to understand there is a principle in the Torah that Yilmad Satum Mina Forash. We learn what is not explained from that which is explained. And so if we want to know about the women in Mitzrayim, what did they think, who they were, what their attitudes were, here we have one prat, a detail that explains a great deal. We learn that the Benoi Yisroel in Mitzrayim were moiser nefesh. They were willing to risk their lives, that the Benoi Yisroel should increase in numbers. That is what the story of the Mialdos is for. And as much as we will dwell on this episode of these Mialdas who were summoned to the palace and were able to withstand the royal edict of the mighty king, it won't be enough. 
as much as we will be ma'amik into the sakana, the real peril that they faced, and nevertheless refused to do other than had been agreed among the Benoit Yisrael, that Cain Yirbe, that they must increase. It won't be too much, because from this incident, this episode, we learn about all the Benoit Yisrael in Mitzrayim, about their intentions. And by no means was it easy for them. We have to know that Paro, when he made the decrees that they shouldn't increase, he made all kinds of cunning schemes. He took the men far away in work camps. He isolated them, and they had no contact with their wives. So what would happen to the best intentions? It's a fact. They are separated. Like it states in the Haggadah, Zo precious derech eretz. They were separated. And so what does it help that the women wanted to build the Am Yisroel? But the women were determined, and they became men. The women began to sneak through the forest, through lands that were forbidden for them to trespass. Each woman packed lunches, they took food for their husbands, and they stole through the guards. You know what that means? It is not told how many were destroyed. The Torah tells us only general things. The Gemara tells us general things. But the women risked their lives and they finally came to the camps. Not once. Again and again they did that. And they called out their menfolk outside the camps and they gave them food. The men were starving. They were famished and weak from the heavy work. And the wives encouraged them and they sat together with them. That is how they rebuilt the families of Am Yisroel. And what happened later? Later, when they came to build the Mishkan, it says in Shemos, Vayas es ha-kiyor nechoshes, When they made the kiyor, where the Kohanim washed their hands to do the avoida, they made it and its pedestal out of copper. Where did they get this copper from? Well, they had plenty of copper that they took with them from Mitzrayim. But the Pasuk tells us that they made it from the copper mirrors of the women. Asher tzavu petach oel moed that gathered together near the Mishkan. The women came in big throngs, many, many of them. And they said, we want to use our copper mirrors to make the washing cure and the pedestal. So the Medrash Tanchuma tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he saw this, he said, mirrors, mirrors are used to arouse passion. That's what mirrors are for, to beautify oneself. And so he told the women, please, you must go away. You're disgracing the great purpose of the Mishkan. You're going to contribute mirrors for this noble purpose. Moshe was displeased. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Never mind, that's what I want. Those mirrors, these are the mirrors that raised up the Am Yisroel. And that is why, although they had plenty of copper, they had plenty of other metals too, gold and silver. But Vaya'as es hakiyor nechoshes, ves kanon nechoshes. The cure was made from copper. Which copper? Bimarot, with the mirrors. Hatsovot, of the woman who came in crowds. The woman who created crowds. And that's how Hashem expressed His appreciation, His gratitude to the women of that generation who went all out to build the Am Yisrael. Now you understand what the Gemara says. That bischar nashim tzadkoniyot she'ayu be'oto hador. It was due to the righteous women of that generation. Nigalu Yisrael mimitzrayim. That our forefathers were redeemed from Mitzrayim. You know, this Mahmad is frequently quoted, but it's almost never quoted in connection with its true meaning. 
A rabbi will sometimes make use of that ma'amar when he's speaking to his ladies' auxiliary to encourage them to buy raffles or to give more money. Or maybe, if the sisterhood will give him a gift, a trip to Eretz Israel. So in the farewell address, he'll make sure to quote these words. But we have to study it kapushuto, the way our sages intended. It means that there was a separate spirit among the Benois Yisrael, above and beyond the spirit of the men. There was a certain greatness among the Nashim Sidkonias, because of which our ancestors were redeemed from Mitzrayim. You know, there's no such thing today as separate ideology for women. Today, the whole Am Yisrael has a common tradition which comes through one channel, the Torah Shebichtav and the Torah Shebaal Peh. That is where we derive all of our ideals. And therefore, there is no such thing as men and women having different ideals. That couldn't be. It couldn't be now, and it couldn't have been any time since Matan Torah. But before Matan Torah, the case was different. In those early days of our nation, it was different. The women had a separate greatness of spirit, and it was because of this attitude of the women. That is why they succeeded in being Mamad, a big door, a great generation. It was a growth that never again was repeated. It was a bracha in the population of the Bnei Yisrael. And all this was due to the spirit of the Bnei Yisrael in Mitzrayim. Now we have to ask ourselves, this spirit that inflamed the hearts of the women in Mitzrayim, where did it come from? How was it that the women had such a strength, such an attitude of the mind, that they were capable of raising themselves up to such heights? Where did the women get this strength of spirit to overcome all of the obstacles that made it almost impossible? So to understand this, we will skip a little bit and go to the Sefer of Rut. In the Sefer Rus, it tells that when Boaz took Rus as a wife, the women of Beis Lechem gave a bracha to them that Rus should be Karachel Ukaleya Asher Banu Shtehem at Beis Yisroel, like Rachel and Leah who built the house of Yisroel. Now we have to treasure these ancient words. Every word is a diamond of tremendous historical value, of tremendous Torah value, because what the women were saying gives us a clue to their attitude. You have to remember that the story of Rus was not long after coming into Eretz Yisrael, and the spirit of the women of Mitzrayim still lived among them. And so now we are getting an echo of that old tradition from Mitzrayim. And we're learning that it was actually an even older tradition from the days of Rachel and Leah. Because we see now what Rachel and Leah were thinking about. They were building the house of Yisrael. And each one wanted to have a bigger share in building the house. Because they understood that the house of Yisrael, that's the resting place of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his world. And anyone who has a bigger share in the house of Yisrael will have a bigger chalek in the great achievement of creating the place for his shechina to rest in this world. That's why Rachel and Leah veed with each other. They competed with each other. Who could build up the base Yisrael more? That was the most burning ambition in their hearts. There was nothing more important to them. And they generated such an idealism that it went into the blood of their families. They planted the seeds of idealism, of fighting for greater numbers in the Am Yisrael. Rachel and Leah, they were the ones whose every fiber cried out for the fulfillment of this glorious purpose, to build the base Yisrael. Of course, Yaakov also had something to do with it. We already repeated here many times the words of the Rambam in his Moedin Avuchim. 
he makes there a fundamental statement, a statement that has to be studied and should never be forgotten because it's a key to understanding this subject. He says that the whole kavana of the others was lahamid uma uvedet Hashem to raise up a nation that would serve Hashem. That's it. To raise up a nation of oivde Hashem. Now that is a big statement to make. To say the whole intent of the Avos was that. But we have to open our ears and listen to these words. Who is talking after all? The Rambam. The Rambam is not a Darshan. The Rambam is a very particular and precise writer. And now he is making a statement of the greatest weight. The greatest importance. That's what our Avos lived for. To create an Am Hashem. Only as much as the Avas understood this and preached this, the Imaus absorbed it into their bones even more. Why? Because it is the nature of a woman to desire children. She's born with that instinct. That's why you see little girls playing with dolls. But in ordinary people, that instinct is misdirected. A child is like a doll, like a colt lahavdil of a horse, or a calf lahavdil of a cow. It's another child to take care of. It's fun too sometimes. Children are cute. They have to be. HaKadosh Baruch who made it that way. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to change their diapers. But sof kol sof. It's instinct primarily. But our emos took this instinct and they were able to utilize the teachings of the others. Lahamid umad ovedet et Hashem. In a way that was magnified far beyond what the others themselves were able to feel. Because the others didn't have that natural instinct. A man doesn't possess it like a woman does. And so these great women didn't try to be men. They didn't try to compete with the men in their department of Avaitis Hashem. Of course, they were great in many ways. But they especially tried to become great as women. They were women par excellence. Rachel and Leah were dedicated with all their souls to having children to build up the base Yisrael. And this tradition they gave over to their daughters. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, more than anything else, He wants the number of Bnei Yisrael. That's what Hashem wants. He wants numbers. That's why He didn't give the Torah to Avram Avinu. No matter how great He was, Hashem didn't give the Torah to Avram Avinu. The Torah wasn't given to Yitzchak or to Yaakov because Hashem was waiting for numbers. HaKadosh Baruch Hu waited until we were already a numerous nation. He waited until they became a great nation because that's the dearest wish, Kaviyachol of Hashem. He wants to see a great number of the Bnei Yisrael. This lesson, you must know, was not lost on the generations that followed. When our forefathers were in Mitzrayim, the Jewish women in Mitzrayim had the tradition handed down from Rachel and Leah. They knew what it meant, the tremendous privilege of having a child born. And that's why when Paro made his Gezerah, they said, are we going to separate from our husbands just because of Paro's decree? If so, we might as well die. Like Rachel had said in Breshis, Hava li bonim, give me children, vim ayin, and if not, I want to die. Now, we think we understand that. There are women who talk like that. If I can't have children, I don't want to live. You might hear that sometimes. It means, if I can't have a little doll, a human doll to fulfill my motherly instincts, I don't want to live. But that's not what Rachel meant when she said it. The Imaus were living to create a nation to make the Am Hashem bigger and bigger. 
and the women in Mitzrayim lived with those words of Rachel. They lived only for that purpose. And therefore all the B'nai Yisrael arose in revolt against the G'dayla Yisrael. We cannot recommend such behavior because this was just a one-time event in history. But they were so dedicated to the goal of bringing the Shekhinah down into this world that they stood up and said, No, we cannot accept that Pesach. And truly they revolted against Paro. When he tried his best to prevent the marriage of men and women of the Bnei Yisrael, he was no match for the flaming tradition of the Hebrew women who knew that their purpose in the world was bringing more and more Bnei Yisrael into the world on whom the Shekhinah would rest. And therefore, they began to increase and multiply with a tremendous enthusiasm. Everybody was busy with one thought. Paro was busy with the thought, Pen Yirba, maybe they'll become too many. And the Benoist Yisrael were busy with the thought, Kain Yirba, yes, we will become too many. And the stronger one prevailed. It wasn't easy. This tremendous mitzvah was achieved under the most difficult of conditions. The daughters of Yisrael exerted themselves with Mesiris Nefesh. We don't know how many lost their lives in the process. We don't know how much suffering they had to endure. They didn't have any hospitals. They didn't have luxuries. The time when they had to give birth, they went and hid under the trees someplace. Tachat hatapuach or articha, under the apple tree. It was a low tree so people couldn't see them. And they gave birth by themselves. A woman to give birth by herself. That's a terrible tzara. They had to cut the baby loose themselves. And there was nobody to take care of the poor mother. And the baby had to be washed. I don't know how they did it. We read in the Medrash that the Malachim came and helped them. But we have to realize that these mothers were Moshe Nefesh on a scale that's beyond our ability to even believe. And it was all done under the terror of death. A sword was hanging over their heads. They had to hide the children from the Egyptians. They had to hide them in caves. Try to hide little children in caves. The children are crying and making noise. Maybe some children were discovered. Maybe some were killed. But they did it. And they did it so many times that the Bnei Yisrael Paru were fruitful. V'yishnitzu. And they swarmed. V'yirbu. And they increased. V'yatzmu b'me'od me'od. They became very numerous. Now every word here means Mesiris Nefesh under the fear of death. And it ends off, The land was filled with them. And now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, You're a great nation. In the merit of the righteous women, I'll redeem you from Mitzrayim. Now is the time when I'm going to show myself to you like I never showed before. I'll take you out of Mitzrayim and reveal myself to you. Even Ushmi Hashem lo nadati lahem. My name Hashem. I never showed to the others like I'm going to show you now. Only because of the great numbers that have now been produced by the daughters of Yisrael. Now, I want to switch subjects before we conclude. It's actually not a new subject. But it's the other side of the same coin of building a family. Because up till now, we were talking about building the Am Yisrael. A tremendous opportunity. Increasing the number of Jewish boys and girls means that you're participating in the great achievement of bringing Shekhinah into this world. It's Kiddush Hashem. It's a mitzvah that's unequaled. It's everything good. Building the Am Yisrael. The world is grateful to you. 
you walk into a shul, a basic Knesset, a minion full of Talmidei Chachamim, from Jews. Where did they come from? The mothers brought them up. I brought him up, inch by inch, the mother said, in Eicha. I once went to be Menachem Ovil. A little Rebbe passed away. He was a Rebbe of a little base Hamadrish who passed away. His widow was sitting there, a little woman, a tiny little woman. The widow, but I saw her sons, a whole row of big sons, big Hasidish men, a whole row of them. I had derecheret for her, a whole row of sons from that little woman. I was thinking, what a big achievement she accomplished. Impressive looking men. Each one could be a little Rebbe on his own. That's an achievement. She lived for a purpose. No question about it. She built up the base Yisrael. But there's something more, something very important, and that is building yourself. To build the Am Yisrael, it's tremendous. But to build yourself, that's even more important. Now I'll explain that. You remember when Rachel Emenu saw that her sister was having children and she was still childless. So she made the decision to build a family in a secondary way by means of a substitute. And so she suggested to her husband Yaakov that he should take her maidservant as a wife and beget children from her. And she said to Yaakov the following, V'teled al birkai v'ibonegam anoichimimena. I'll raise her children on my knees and I'll be built up through her. Now we should make note of the fact that the word Ibane, I will be built up, sounds like Bonim, children, and actually they're cognate words. They're related to each other. Ibane al ben. I will be built up by means of a child. Now, I wouldn't be bold enough to try to tell you that all the things that Rachel intended with those words, but there's no question that everything we said here tonight was included in her words. Absolutely, that she wanted to build up by means of creating a nation, a nation of Oiv de Hashem. But she meant more than that, because Ibane means, I want to build up myself, my personality. Rachel understood that having children means that you're building two separate skyscrapers. One is what we spoke about up until now, the building of the Am Yisrael and bringing more Shekhinah into the world. But Rachel Imenu intended even more than that. Ibane, I want to be built up myself from it. I want to build up my personality, my character. Because that's one of the most valuable achievements of building a family. You become a different person altogether. Here's a girl who is nothing but a girl. She didn't learn Musr's Farim. Could be she didn't even learn Chumash. She has some traditions of the Jewish people. She's certainly a from Jewish girl. She's a Maimon, absolutely. In the base Yaakov or the base Rochel, she learned many things. But you cannot say she is saturated with Yiras Shamayim or saturated with the Mida of kindliness. The truth is that she's probably selfish. She's thinking only about herself. She's still a little girl after all. But when this little girl gets married, a great change begins to set in. She's not living for herself anymore. She's devoted to her husband now, and she tries to make him happy. She asks him, Chaim, does the soup taste good? That's an ambition for a good Jewish wife. She wants to make her husband happy. And she becomes a new person because of that. She's a balas chesed now. When she puts a plate of food on the table, she is doing a tremendous act as a shaliach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Noisen lechem nechol basar. 
Hashem gives food to all the living, but it's the wife who is handing her husband the bowl of soup. She hands him the bread because that's what Hashem wants her to do. And that's what she's busy with. By being married, she becomes a practitioner of chesed. All day long, she's oisek and gemilus chasadim. Isn't that a great kindliness to cook for somebody and to make it taste good too? And it will be eaten by her husband. It means that she's feeding the Jewish people. Besides, there are many other things that she does. She keeps a clean house. She washes the clothing. And so a married woman is chesed. That's what she is. By being married, she becomes a practitioner of chesed. All day long, she's oisek in gemilus chasadim. She's building herself into a new person altogether. A more perfect servant of Hashem. But that's only the beginning of her career, because soon a child comes. An even greater transformation takes place in her personality. A woman who has a child, who has children, is building herself. Her personality is improving. No question about it. It's like learning a Musr Sefer all day. You know what would happen to a person if he learned Musr all day? Every day. He'd be someone great, a great tzaddik. And imagine, he wouldn't only learn it. He'd live it. He would become a tzaddik yisud oilam, a tremendous tzaddik. That is a mother. All day long she's working on the midah of chesed. Chesed and chesed and more chesed. First, she has to carry a baby around with her for a long time. And then she nurses the baby. For years and years she takes care of the baby. A mother puts in hours of hard work for her children. Plenty of times she loses many hours of sleep. Because her child is crying. Many times the child wants something. She has to spend time playing with the child when she has work to do. Everything is hectic. She's harried with the worries of each child crowding out her own thoughts. All day long she's busy. This child has a cold. This child fell down and cut his finger. He has to get to the bus to go to the yeshiva. She's still with the little boys and the little girls practicing the olive base, the kriya. Mommy, I need this. Give me this. Give me that. All the time. All the time. And yet, when a child comes into the world, a mother lives for her child. All of her emotions are concentrated on the love for her child. And it changes her personality. She becomes a different kind of a creature. She is devoted so much that she thinks nothing about herself anymore. All for her child. She's Kulo Chesed. Kulo chesed, kulo chesed. Hatishkach isha ula. Can a woman forget her baby? Never. Someone who is thinking unselfishly of someone else all the time, by day and by night, it is a tremendous tikkun, a perfection of character. So now, her life is transformed and she's built up. By a child, she is built up. She becomes different. She is so devoted that she thinks nothing about herself anymore. Everything is for her children. I was talking to a woman yesterday on the telephone. I said, who's more important, you or your children? She said, my children. I said, no, you're more important. No question about it. Chayecha kodmin. Even your child is not more important than you. You come first. But that's the greatness of a Jewish mother. She has to be told that she comes first. And so Rachel wanted a child that would achieve the transformation in her nature. It would change her so that she would be an entirely different personality in this world and in the world to come. She wanted a child that would achieve this transformation in her nature 
Of course, she would have loved to build it from herself, but at least by means of an agent. At least I'll make Bilha my shaliach, she said. Rachel wanted to build up her character one way or another, so she said, Ibane, I'll build up from her child. Now, everything we said applies to a great extent to a father too. A father also changes his character to a great extent because of his children. I won't say as much as a mother, but there's no question that a father of children is a different fellow than he was when he was a bacher in the yeshiva. A father also is constantly practicing the midah of Rachmanas on his children, and he's transformed because of that. Maybe not as much as a mother, but absolutely a father transforms his personality by means of being a father. It's a halacha. Ein moshivin besanhedrin zakein. An old man cannot sit in Sanhedrin. Why is that? Because an old man lost the feeling of pity on children. Gemara Sanhedrin. He's puzzled to be a dayan because we're worried that he won't have Rachmanus Badin. But a father who is still in contact with children, he has a certain feeling of Rachmanus that he developed because of his duties in the home. And so, the father also benefits. Parents are changing by means of building a family. That's one of the roles of a Jewish parent. Not only are they building the world together, but by means of their children, they're building themselves. All of the wrinkles of selfishness, all the wrinkles of their character are being ironed out one day at a time, one brick at a time. They're building. And after many years, the edifice they have built is unmatched in the world. Not only the edifice of fine Jewish family, they themselves become towering personalities of perfection, prepared to enter into the world to come. And so every Jewish wedding is a repetition of Vayelech Ish Mibet Levi, Vayikach Et Bat Levi. It's of the greatest importance because of these two functions of building. And therefore, it's so important to appreciate how great is the function of marriage. Here's a chassan and his kala. They're all confused. She's thinking if her new shaitel is on straight. He's worried about other things. He might make a mistake and not say the words right. They're not thinking about idealism at all. They should be thinking about how great their function is. They're starting now a long career of building. And they're doing it for Hashem. He's right there under the chuppah with them. How immense is the holiness of that moment. They're preparing to bring the Shechina into the world. More and more children means more and more Shechina. And at the same time, they're preparing to perfect their personalities for the world to come. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's get practical. The Count of B'nai Yisrael. We were redeemed from Mitzrayim in the merit of the B'nai Yisrael, who understood that Hashem desires the Count of the B'nai Yisrael. Building up the Jewish nation is the greatest merit, besides for the fact that it builds up the parents as well when they have children. This week, at least once per day, I will, Belineder, look at a Jewish family and marvel at the merit of the parents who have achieved so much in building the holy nation and bringing the Shekhinah into the world and into themselves.